Father God, I just um, I just thank you, Lord, for who you are. Lord, that is why we come here this morning. We actually come and we praise the amazing God that has touched our lives. Lord, um, you love your people and we're going to see the text to our hearts. We pray for the kids, Lord, this morning. Lord, children are so precious and I want to pray, Lord, as the word of God gets taught to them in a way that they understand, Lord, that these seeds will grow deep into their lives. Lord, we thank you for this church. Lord, it's been so encouraging. Thank you for the journey that Tom and Aaron are on. Lord, um, it's an amazing fit. And um, Father God, I want to praise you for bringing them to us. Lord, for the way that the team are looking at our mission in the sport. Father God, I praise and thank you and I want to pray a blessing upon that. God, people matter to you. And Father God, in this text today, we're going to see how much they matter. And God, as your people, we've got to reflect that. So God, speak to us this morning, I pray in your name. Amen. So Jay, um, like I said, I was talking to Jay over the phone during the week, and I just asked her to reflect on what this psalm means to her. Okay, when, when Peter asked me to talk about how only the first six verses of Psalm 139 had impacted my life, I found it hard to stop at verse 6, because this is the psalm I love, and it talks about God's deep personal knowledge of each one of us. And last year was a difficult year for me, as my husband, who was normally so healthy, was in and out of hospital for 20 weeks. And this year has started again in the same way, and he's back in hospital again. And I too have just had five days in the same hospital, different wards. However, the psalmist says in verse 1, Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. And the beauty of getting old is that I can look back and see how God has allowed several difficult experiences in my life to change me, to grow me, and to give me his perspective on what's important. Several years ago on my journey with cancer, that was something I wouldn't have chosen, but again, it was something that in so many ways I wouldn't have missed. It was an incredible year, as verse 5 in the psalm says, of being hemmed in behind and before by the almighty God of the universe. And it was a year of amazing closeness to God. And in verse 1 again, it says, You've searched me and you know me. And I believe that God, in his wisdom, knows that there are times in our lives where we ha- he has to shake our foundations, just to show us that there is only one sure foundation. And my foundation was shaken again a few years later when I had a brain hemorrhage, and later again a heart attack. But the Passion Translation in verse 4 says, You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. And this I've come to know deep in my heart. So I move into 2018, not really knowing what lies ahead, but trusting that God is in it. And this truth fills me at times with amazement. As verse 6 says, his knowledge of me, my circumstances and needs fills me with wonder and the strength to go on. So I've chosen a quote from Johnny Erickson to finish with. Um, Johnny, as a lot of you know, was paralyzed at the age of 17 when she dived into a pool. And it says, she said, God meets us anywhere. He waits in every room we're about to enter. 
He lingers around every bend of every path we will ever walk. There is no place too remote, no night too black, no cave too deep, no mountain peak too high for the immediate, awesome, pervasive, loving presence of the Lord our God. So God is there for you, no matter where you find yourself in life. So draw near to him and discover a quiet place in this crazy world. And for me, I've found that quiet place. Isn't that inspiring? If I was to ask you, who do you think you really are? How would you answer that question? Because that question, actually, believe it or not, is actually a deeper question in life. It actually reveals your belief. It actually shapes you on how you answer that question. Tragically, many people cannot answer that question properly. People simply don't know who they are. The result on not knowing who we are is we look at other people. We look at other things for significance in life. And when that happens, our idolatry becomes our identity which actually leads to misery. Now consider that. Now consider this. And we live in this technical age. And actually, um, because we're dealing with mental health in our family, the mental health nurse has actually been talking to to us as parents about the the way that young people now are shaping their identity and how dangerous, and I mean dangerous, technology has become to a younger generation. The ever-growing mirror of social media outlets, it is a mirror, and a lot of it's fake. These sites are helpful in connecting people with each other. I've been able to connect with my friends that I went to school with many years ago through Facebook. I don't get onto Instagram, Facebook's enough, but... I hardly spend heaps of time on it. But the truth is this. A lot of people really don't know who they are. So they actually try and create an identity on social media. They make adjustments on praise that people give or criticism that people give to shape their identity. Now that might sound weird to an older generation, But that is what is happening with our younger generations in the world that you and I live in. You know, we're going to look at Psalm 139, which Jay so well spoke about a few moments. At the beginning of this year, we wanted to come back to something so foundational in our Christian faith. This is the, this is the starting block. If we don't get this right, this issue of understanding who we are will actually plague us for the rest of our lives, no matter how old you are. This is the foundational block. 
See, our identity as Christians is shaped by our understanding of how God sees us. Our identity is not shaped by our family or our jobs or what we do in life. See, true self-awareness is bound together and centred in the knowledge of who God is and what God has done for us. So today we're going to look at the primary characteristic of God. And you will see in the first six verses, if I can get them on the screen, you will see that God is all-knowing. We know this psalm was written by David. It's one of the last psalms that he wrote. We all know about King David. And here is David reflecting on who God is. Think about what David had been and what David had become from a lowly shepherd watching over sheep to a mighty king shepherding the nation of Israel. From moments of victory, victory, victory over giants, to moments of shame with the woman who wasn't his wife. A visit from God one day, one of God's prophets, proved that although you might be able to hide things, David, actually someone else knows everything about you, David, and that was God. And this theme about God knowing comes over and over again in his first six verses. David knew that his identity lied in the person of God, the God of the universe. It was God who chose David. It was our God who enabled him to be the leader of, of Israel. You have searched me, Lord. This is David. You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. See, for David, it was comforting to know that God knew him. We also know that with that knowledge of God who knows us, David realized that God loved him. We read, you have searched me, Lord. You know me. Now, isn't that the most intimate kind of ways to express a relationship with God. 
See, God knows is a primary characteristic of God. God knows. He knows everything about us. He knows our brokenness. He knows our deep pains. He knows our hurts and our joys. Whatever you're going through at the moment, it has not taken God by surprise. Isn't that comforting? See, in the New Testament it says, Jesus was tempted in every way we are. See, God knows what it's like to live on this planet. He knows the disappointment of being hurt and let down by people. He understands our grief. He understands our emotions. There is nothing that God does not know about you. God knows your story today. You know, the last few weeks I have bumped into people who are in deep, deep pain. Sam and myself were sitting in a support group of parents. It was one of the saddest days of my life to sit there with these parents. See, I know Sam and myself have a deep faith. But this lady in front of the group of people she had never met, the first time she had met, she said in front of that group, this was her pain in her heart, I have given up. There is no hope in this world. And Sam, within a second, I couldn't believe it, within a second she said to that lady in front of everyone else, you cannot give up. There is hope. You cannot give up. Why did Sam say that? Because as a couple, we have confidence that no matter what we go through in life, that God knows our situation. That's why Sam could say off the tip of her tongue to this lady that was really hurting, don't give up. There is hope. See, sometimes we get hurt or we get let down. So much that it actually goes, we suppress it deep within our soul. But you know what this text tells me? That God knows even the stuff that we have pushed down deep within our hearts. That's how intimately God knows you. God is actually concerned for you. He hurts when we hurt. However, more than just knowledge, God loves us. In the New Testament, in 1 John 4 verse 8, it says these three little words, which are the profoundest words on this planet, God is love. Those three little words are so powerful and wonderful. See, love and knowledge are inseparable. They go like this, they go hand in hand. They are interwoven. David found these words very, very comforting. And as I reflect, 
on the words of this text here today. I found that thought that God knows me better than actually I know myself so comforting. Why do I find it comforting? He knows the areas where I need to grow. He knows my worries, my anxious thoughts, my doubts. He knows my gifts. He knows my insecurities. He knows my shortcomings. God knows my future. God is intimately interested in all of us. So because he knows me better than myself, it actually inspires me to know God. The funny thing is, the more I know God, the all-encompassing, all-knowing God, I actually really find who I am as a person. That's a funny thing. Once we get to know the all-encompassing God, we actually start to discover who we are as individuals. The theme that God knows can also be very challenging. The reason I think it can be challenging as well as comforting is this. It says in verses 2 and 4, You know when I sit down, you know when I rise, you see my thoughts from afar. Oh my gosh, does that really say that in scripture? I wish it didn't. Oh my gosh. It says it. God is familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue... God knows it completely. Wow. Once again, this characteristic of God, the all-knowing God, is present. I can see why this can be so challenging and horrific for people. To know our thoughts even before we speak, there is nothing on this world that I can get away with. Nothing. God knows. And this was David writing this. Now think about David's life. David knew he had fallen. He had sinned with Bathsheba. God knew about that. But David didn't let that moment of failure defined him as a person, did he? So many people get trapped and allow their identity to get defined by their failings. And they never get over it. They carry that on through life. But David realised that yes, God knew his failings, but if you go to 2 Samuel Chapter 12, you will see that David repented. David knew because he knew the all-knowing God that God was a God of love and forgiveness. So David humbled himself and he repented. David did not allow that moment of failure to define who he was. 
He came before God humbly and repented, and David was restored. That is so important. Don't allow your failings to define you as a person. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. See, because I know the all-knowing God, and that through the love of God and dealing with my failings, I know that I am complete in Jesus Christ. I don't need to walk around guilty. I know the all-knowing God and the love that he provides through Jesus Christ. The next idea is this idea of protection. If there is a God in front of us and behind us, and in that text it actually says this beautiful thing, that actually his hand, the hand of God, was upon him. People, the hand of God is on top of your shoulder here this morning. Isn't that a beautiful imagery? The word hem, what does that mean? Does it mean sewing? Does it mean you're trapped? No, actually, one of the translation, and I agree with this translation, actually says the word hem here is actually about protection. Jay expressed it. God is there. He is beside you. See, God knows. He sees the dangers. He sees the problems. He sees the temptations. And just because you're a Christian, like Jay shared, it does not mean that you're immune to some of the things that life are going to throw at you. But the greatest thing that we can take as a Christian is that we know that God is there in those times. He allows other things to trouble us. He allows pain or accident. He allows illness to enter our lives. That is life. Those things will come. But when they come, We can take the comfort from this verse that God is before us and he is behind us and he has his hand on us to catch us. Now, I remember as a teen playing this game and you used to have to stand the stillest, like the most upright, and your mates would either be in front of you and behind you. And you had to see if you actually... um could not bend your knees, and who was the straightest could actually fall into the hands of your friends to catch you and behind you. You ever seen that game? You had to actually trust your mates. And the winner was of the game was the person who did not bend their knees, who actually stayed so straight. You know what I take comfort from this text? That even if my knees bend, that God is there to carry me. 
I can honestly say, every time my knees have bent in life, I can honestly say, since I've been a follower of Jesus, that actually I have sensed the arms of God to catch me. See, maybe you're bending at the moment. Can I encourage you that there is a God who will carry you? Who will carry you? Who will be there when you fall? David trusted God many times. There were many a times, once you read the story of King David, that you know David was out of his depth. David was out of his depth. So Tom, I'm like you. I'm so glad in one way that we haven't got this place figured out and it's challenging because that's where God wants all of us as his people to be. Why? So we depend on him and not ourselves. See, isn't that incredible? That God will be there. David trusted God many times. He cried out to God many times. And he felt God carrying him. Finally, that in verse 6 we see this amazing thing. David could not understand the depth and the knowledge of God. It blew him away. He couldn't fathom it. He got lost in it. And that is where true worship comes from. Why did David write so many psalms of praise and lament and all kinds of things? David learned to trust God. He knew God was real in his life. And out of that comes these beautiful words of poetry and expression to God to thank God for who he is. He marveled at the knowledge of God. That came out of a heart of pure worship people. That's why David could write these psalms. He had experienced the living God himself and he just wanted to praise God for who God was. There is so much, people, we don't know about God. The more I learn about God, the more I realize I don't know about God. Other people can tell you things about yourself, but they're only touching the surface. It is only when you find out who God is that you will truly understand who you are. The more I walk with God, I realize his ways are mysterious. God says, if you think you've got it all figured out, that you you are wise and you've got all the solutions, think again. The theme that God knows and I don't know is absolutely a beautiful picture. I'm going to trust God because he knows me more than I know myself. He carries me. 
He knows me. He loves me. You know, God is all-knowing. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. And he is inviting you to trust him. So my invitation today is to know the all-knowing God. You're not just a face in the crowd. You're someone that God created. And next week we'll find out that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, which is just amazing. Your past does not have to define who you are. If you've had a terrible upbringing in life, and many people have, if you've been hurt in your past, That does not have to define who you are now once you find Jesus Christ. This whole thing of identity, people, is massive. Truly massive. You know, I used to see this as a young adults pastor. It was the number one issue. But actually what I've learned as I've moved out of the young adults is actually adults struggle with their identity just as much as what a young adults struggle with it as. We all got to figure out who the all-knowing God is and how he sees us to live a life that is truly free. See, David understood. David understood that to understand the all-knowing God was a really starting point to understand who he was as a person. To understand who we are begins and ends with God, not ourselves. To truly find yourself, are you willing to take the journey of knowing God? Let me pray. Father God, I just touched on a really powerful concept. God, that has been something that, if I'm honest, that I've had to deal with in life, in my insecurities. God, I am not defined by my role. And thank goodness I'm not defined by my past. But God, as David has pointed us to the all-knowing God this morning, Lord, may we take that journey of really pushing into, if God truly does know every thought, every movement that we take in life, God, may we push back and start to get to know that God. Because, God, he is so intimately, you are so intimately wanting to be involved in our lives to shape who we really are. God, you did incredible things through the person of David. 
But God, David is just an example of how we are to walk the Christian faith. God, I pray that we'll have the courage to really dig deep into knowing God. And may we be defined of our identity of the way that the loving God sees us. Because in that, Lord, it is truly satisfying and life-giving. Amen. As we close our service today, sorry, I've got a cold. As we close our service today, if you would like prayer, maybe you're feeling that the, the weight of this world, you're starting to bend in your knees. We'd only be too happy to pray with you and to um, encourage you. But um, I pray as we go through these next few weeks and I'm packing this amazing psalm, read this during the week and allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life because it will change your life. Amen. Thanks.